0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the SSD slash uh, Muscle Engineer podcast. Uh, this is the second or third quarantine cast that we are going to do. Third. Third. Yeah, yeah. It's just I started calling it quarantine cast the last time. So technically it's the second, but we could call it the third. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, Andre slash Andras, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. Um, things are looking optimistic like
1: i mentioned to you in some of our messaging according to the government the emergency whatever state status whatever period is going to be lifted um, on the 15th which means that you will no longer require you know paper basically wherever you go so you will be able to move freely insofar as you know no one will stop you on the street and ask you where are you going where are you headed Um, of course social distancing is still um, in place and one other thing that's going to be implemented is masks will be required mandatory in uh, closed spaces basically which I assume that is already a thing in many places, but it's not yet. So it's you know just recommended to wear a mask whenever you go,
0: you know, to buy groceries or whatever. But it's not mandatory so far. Yeah, here it's been interesting because so it, it gradually got worse and now it got a bit more relaxed again. So at first it started out with we can only be outside until 9 p.m. And then it switched from that to... It was until 4 p.m. And on the weekends, we couldn't go out at all. That lasted for two weeks. No way. Yeah, but that's... So I only experienced that for basically one week. Because then I went to this holiday house kind of thing. To the countryside sort of thing. Very close to the Greek border. And uh, I spent the last week there. And they had a big garden and even a freaking pool. So that was was all right. And now they lifted this restriction a little bit by... We can only be out until 7 p.m. during the week. And on the weekends, on Saturday, we can be out until 3 p.m. On Sunday, it's complete lockdown. Wow. And uh, But now we have to wear masks in closed spaces like you guys. And, um, yeah, if I had to predict something, I would think that in about two weeks, they will kind of loosen things up a bit more still. And they're kind of talking that in a couple of weeks, like maybe two weeks, three weeks, something like that, they will gradually start opening things up again, which will be a very welcomed thing from my end, of course. But um, sort of my big fear is that it's only, you know, we will be living with kind of restrictions on and off for a long time, which we will see if that actually ends up happening. And what I mean by that is now they're going to open things up. Now we're going to be kind of free to do things and go to restaurants and to the gym you know, for a month or two, and then they're going to kind of close things down again if there is a second wave or more like when the second wave comes because it's not a question of if, more so when, Uh, which will be a curious thing because obviously if you keep locking things down and again and again, that will be enough to crash two world economies, let alone one. So (laughs) we will see how that goes, but um, yeah, that's more or less how the state of things are and um, I guess... Because we would want to segue into that. Anyway, uh, it looks like I might actually be able to go to a gym. Maybe next week on worse. Um, Some guy has a private facility or something like that. A small one or so I've heard at least. Um, So that that would be cool. And I know you've been able to go to your gym uh, as someone who works there. So that's been cool for you.
1: Yes. Yeah, so just first, like, wow,
0: that's your government isn't playing around. Wow, I had no idea. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, oh. By the way, another trivia. So, uh, Macedonia stopped receiving uh, post from other countries. So uh, my parents wanted to send me something, and they couldn't because uh, Macedonia is not receiving any postage. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah, packages aren't aren't supposed to be affected by this, but
1: wow, like. I don't know, I would probably go insane. Like, I know that it's only, I'm sure someone would reply with, it's only a day or it's only
0: two days, but not go out at all for two days. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I would do. Yeah, and and the the thing about it is, um, I see where they're coming from and probably it does make some sense. Uh, There is definitely a drawback. So it's not, I don't think the effect is as they would want it to be because what, Results from this is that on Fridays it's complete madness because people are flooding the stores. It's like a bigger crowd than ever because oh my God, we cannot go out during the weekend. And then on Monday when they open up, it's mad mad madness once again. So it's it's kind of insane. And and also this time restriction when we could only go out until four p.m. I mean, in the grocery stores, it's been complete insanity Mm. because you, I mean, people want to get done everything in that limited amount of time that they have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean.
1: it's it's silly on multiple levels like first of all um i've seen some research that open air is not only safe it might be beneficial i mean that's just aside from the you know sunshine's effect and you know mental stuff like simply for the virus like open air seems to be safe like um There's been a study, I'm sure you've heard it, that there have been some cruise ship and people have been infected on that. But I've read some report from Chris Masterjohn, who has this great newsletter about uh, COVID-19 updates, that the people who had basically a cabin which had sort of access to the sea or something like that, so they were able to go out, um, whatever the technical term is for that, um, they didn't get sick, which is very interesting. So, about 20% of people didn't get sick on that cruise ship, and it seems like most, if not all, of them had a cabin like that. So, it, it would seem that you know, fresh air is protective, where at least it won't make people sick. So, you know, to not be able, you know, like I would understand if perhaps you know, facilities were closed on the weekend, like grocery stores are closed on the weekend, okay, fine, but to not be able to go out at all, like it's just sounds silly, and like you said um if you only have a couple of hours of course people will you know gather or you know they will have they, they have no choice basically and they have to get everything done during those hours whereas you know over here stores are basically you know are manageable during all times because one there is a limit of the number of people and you know people just have a lot of time to you know <laughs> go out and buy their stuff
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it seems to me that, you know, Macedonia, small country, it's like, oh my God, the virus so scary. And kind of everybody shit their pants in the, you know, the governing political kind of system. So um, they're kind of making a few curious choices and a bit naive maybe, but I mean, you know, I, I don't want to talk like I know better. Maybe it will end up turning out to be a good idea, but obviously it, it sucks. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the... Complete lockdown, it, it's surprising how much uh, how much it matters from a, a mental standpoint. I mean, I've been... Maybe you saw my Instagram stories. I've been out on my balcony having this little stepper and I've been kind of going for walks on my balcony. Uh, yeah, I thought you were trolling. No, no, no. That's that's completely serious. I, <laughs> I get in like 5,000 steps uh, per day on that stepper um, being out. But wow. still, I mean, when Monday rolls around, I mean, I go out in the morning and honestly, my first thought, because I was walking around and I had this, I don't even, I cannot even describe, but it was so freeing to walk. And I was like, man, so this is how dogs must be feeling, especially those mm. that are like <laughs> kept in a kennel, you know, and cannot even move mm. around when they're finally taken for a walk. Honestly, it was like, that's pretty, pretty nuts. Yeah. Or, you know, like on the country's rural area, kept on the chain. <laughs> what? Captain the chain, you know dogs. Oh, uh, Captain! Uh, I thought you said Captain no. Chain. I was like, is that a cartoon or something? No, no, no.
1: <laughs> dogs who are Captain Chains, like poor yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I didn't really address the gym. So yeah, that's basically a secret. So you know, it's it stays between us. But we managed to, you know, um, the owner agreed for us to go to the gym, and you know, we basically had a month or so where we didn't go because we were like, you know, well, it's prohibited and this and that. But after a while, we well, were. You know, um, you know. Many people say that you should probably have separate areas. Like I'm sure you've seen it, like home working from home tips, and one of those is you know don't work in your bedroom, and which is fine if you have multiple rooms, but many people don't have. But anyway, if you have the opportunity or luxury, whatever, keep your bedroom for you know sleeping and sex, and uh, aside from that, you know eat in the kitchen and then work in your office and stuff like that and basically because I I live in a small apartment like my bedroom is my office and my gym and all that and I didn't really realize how much it really helps to have a gym not just because of the equipment of course but simply to have that segregation and you know have that switch okay now first of all i have to get there so that's extra steps so that's good for me but also you know i have to actually go out i have to prepare and all that and now i go to the gym and the gym is this place where i do this i don't whatever i don't party in here i don't work from here what you know what i mean like it's really hard i'm sure you feel this like it's hard to not necessarily feel motivated just to you know get yourself start training and I had that feeling as well that, you know, oh, I don't really feel like training, whereas I don't really get that when I go to the gym.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's been kind of baffling for me from the get-go just how unmotivated I was to do these home workouts, which I'm, you know, maybe I could lie about it and uh, kind of keep the good image and, and tell everyone that, hey, I'm doing the workouts, you should do it too. But I totally feel for anyone who is not feeling up to them because um, really, I it's... Because working out and often working out compulsively has been such a part of my identity that, if anything, I, I, I identify as someone who, if I do have a problem, it's that I don't know when to pull back. Sometimes I'm reckless, I'm going there too much. It's like, okay, I had three hours of sleep. Should I really go to the gym today? Well, okay, I do because it was on my schedule and it's just what I do and it makes me feel better. And uh, I never thought that I would have that problem where I go, okay, I'll work out tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes, you know what, I'll work out the next day. It's like, mm. man, I I'm, i never thought that I would have that kind of relationship with working out. And part of it is exactly what you're saying. It's the ritual, the, the space. When you go to a gym, obviously, you have to be incredibly frustrated to do a couple of sets and then go home right? because everybody else is working out. You took the time to travel there. It's a lot of internal kind of subconscious signaling to yourself that I'm in the gym, I'm going to work out. But here and of course all of that is compounded by the fact that you know home workouts are kind of a pain in the ass so chest training for example is one of the more easily manageable things to do at home and I have, you know, about 80, 90 kilos of weight at home. So I can load up these weighted push-ups with a kind of chin-up belt. Very good, effective chest exercise. You could argue that you could even even do them when you do have a gym in the gym. But it's a pain in the ass. And I have this floor that I'm scared that the chin-up belt is going to rip. And I'm going to drop it on the floor. What's going to happen then? So oftentimes I prepare for a workout. And then sometimes I even do a set or two. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to do this. And I just sit back to my laptop, which is... Man, it's really fucked up that I'm doing that, but I have to be honest. Yeah, so I never really did skip workouts. I mean, I was still
1: training six to seven days per week, but you know, I just felt, you know, I had to drag myself to start them. Whereas right now, I'm looking forward to them. You know, it's the highlight of my day and all that. But definitely, I agree. Um, And right now, you know, this gives me a bit of a, or not necessarily a different perspective because I already knew this, but sort of reinforce the perspective that you know many people do hire a personal trainer and i was actually told by clients this that may that you know they hire a personal trainer because then they have that accountability that um you know um i have to be at the gym at six and you know i can't just you know (laughs) quit because i uh i I promised that guy that i'll be there and the downside of that is that when you have clients who are like that when situation like this happens when the gyms do close down it the reality is and that's what i'm facing right now is that they won't continue to pay me because yeah if they would have been motivated to train from home they would have done it already anyway <laughs> like you know and it doesn't matter that i would have you know uh, i would have come up with a plan to do some dicking around with body weight or you know lift some um luggages or lift some water bottles or stuff like that like they know basically not one of my clients wanted that so i was telling you this in private that I became really frustrated with these messages and podcasts from, you know, Lift the Bar and stuff like that who are based in the UK and other guys from the US that, oh, you should just continue working with your clients as as nothing has happened. Continue working with them, motivate them. Don't even mention cancellations. I'm like, bitch, what? Like, don't even mention cancellations? That was the first thing that people messaged me with. Like, I've heard reports from other gyms in this city. And in this country in general, like people went back to their gyms and they demanded a refund for memberships that they had left. So basically, if they pay for a month and, you know, uh, the gyms had to close, they didn't accept that the membership will be, you know, renewed or were frozen until the gym is open. And you were like, no, 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 I still have a week left. I want uh, 20% of my membership, whatever that was, (laughs) like Literally. And that's why I get annoyed with people who are in the UK, maybe it's a different culture, you know, financially, maybe they are a bit better off. And they're like, well, don't even mention cancellations, continue work, provide them with options and Zoom meetings and Zoom workouts. And I tried all that, bitch, I offered all that, nobody cares. <laughs> I don't know, It's maybe it's just a cultural thing, I don't know,
0: but no, that wasn't an option for me. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been actually surprised by how many kind of client um, applications I got still in this situation, but it's a weird time from that standpoint, for sure. And uh, that uh, brings me to another thing that we've been chatting about. And um, I don't know, maybe you have some input or I don't know what your feelings are about that. And I mean, maybe this this part of it is different for you because you do have this gym access and maybe even I will have it um, from next week onwards. But if I don't, I mean, honestly, this um, kind of weird state of mind that I found myself in really made me kind of scared about the future because working out is something that I always looked at as, as something that will always be there for me. It's okay. My life could go in different ways. I mean, you know, maybe I will go through tough shit in my relationships or in my finances or work stuff, this and that. But at, at that thing that the gym is there, I go there, and for that hour and a half, I'm hitting the iron, I feel like I bettered myself, it's meditation time, whatever, that will always be a part of my life, and um, it's it's so absurd if you think about it, like, you cannot go to a freaking gym, it's, uh, I mean, things can happen to you during your, your workout career, of course, like, you could get injured, or, or maybe you will get so zeroed in or so hyper-focused on working out that you will just become a dumb meathead that you go on a date or something and you cannot talk about anything else just working out, which I've heard stories like that from girls, which is really Mm. funny. But, um, you know, so those things could happen, but the fact that you cannot go to a gym, I mean, that's something I never, ever thought about. And if I think about kind of the trajectory for the future that maybe, you know, this, I mean, we won't have access to a gym like we did up until now for the next maybe, I don't know, two years or something, which, I mean, I don't know, it, it could happen. I mean, you know, if they keep things, you know, things are getting locked down, they opened up again. And even if they get opened up again, the gyms might be the last thing to open because it's sort of one of the more dangerous places to be from that standpoint. It's certainly more dangerous than a coffee place, for example. So, you know, if that happens, I mean, what will be the future of my, my fitness? You know, it's um, it could become something that just kind of gradually fades away. Uh, which kind of scares me that reality really scares me. um I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? um yeah, so I definitely understand uh your feelings
1: um as far as you know, the gym being there for me, um, if what you outlined would happen it I doubt it would be because the owner wouldn't be able to keep it keep paying the rent for two years like and make no income like it's impossible um but the first thing like aside from you know the practical reality which is probably not going to happen like gyms won't be closed for 2 years um i made peace with myself that if if shit really hit the fan and i had to move home to my parents and whatever um i would still be able to train with the dumbbells i have i have a friend who has some stuff at home and you know i could do some bench presses and stuff like that and uh, you know, I would be. I, then I would probably buy a pull-up attachment or whatever, hang it up somewhere. So somewhere, because you know, then I could dig holes and whatever. Because it, it would be at home, it would be no big deal and stuff like that. And I was still trained, that's for sure. Like, I, I don't know. I have, I had this weird mindset right from the get go that I was so fed up and so frustrated with how I looked that that's why I didn't quit. Like you know, um, that's what i tell clients or people who want to sign up that they are you know so frustrated and then they quit and i'm like you know if you're frustrated right now and you quit you just get worse like i had this idea in my mind that yeah i'm really useless at this and i suck at this because i people right now are assume that you know well you're a personal trainer so probably you were great at sports and i'm like no i sucked i took me i don't know freaking i couldn't hip hinge like i understand people who can't hip hinge i I was there anyway i'm rambling so basically long story short um i would always train so i wouldn't just quit um that's not an option for me but uh, just to put well i'm not sure what would happen in macedonia because apparently from what you told it's pretty severe but over here what we are hoping for is that Gyms will open, like like I said, from the 15th of May, things will get eased up, and then we hope that we'll be able to open 1st of June or 15th of June latest. Um, what will happen, probably, is we are going to have to wear masks, which I don't know how we'll be able to train with a mask on, but whatever. That would be funny, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not about being funny, it's about being uncomfortable, and you can't breathe through that thing, so... I don't mm-hmm. know how you'll be able to do hard sets, but whatever. Um, that's just the reality. And the other reality is is there are going to be social distancing guidelines and there's going to be a limit of limited access. So we estimate that there will be around one person per 10 square meters of space. So, you know, we'll have around 300. So we assume that we will have a limit of 30 people maximum at the yeah. same time, which is reasonable for us. So that's what we are we are thinking is going to happen. But we definitely hope that in two months, uh, at the latest, we will be able to open up. And just from an objective point of view, like if gyms stayed closed for two years, like first of all, people will get so fucking fat. And they would get you know mental health would like, the costs of to health let alone the economic consequences, the the health consequences simply would outweigh anything that Mm -hmm. the virus could cause. 'Cause Because the virus kills what? 1% of the population, let's say? The health consequences would kill far more than 1% of the population and it wouldn't just kill the elderly. Like, you know, maybe that's just, you know, me being whatever, naive or me being biased, but I think that's a reality. Like, simply, you know, I'm I'm sure that chronic stuff wouldn't necessarily kill people, but, you know, simply the burden of on the medical system for people, you know, who would perhaps get heart attacks and stuff like that you know, at an elevated rate because, you know, they are now sedentary and they've gotten far fatter than, you know, um, anyone would have expected. Like, two years is a lot of time to get fat. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I, I, that's just... I can't see how things would get closed for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um- it's too bad that the smart authorities on this topic, like Michael Osterholm, who, who was on the Joe Rogan podcast, who kind of I gather is one of the top, top experts on this topic because that, you know, diseases and viruses, pandemics are, and stuff like that, or his expertise. Uh, but it's too bad that anytime I listen to him, he's just emphasizing that. This is real. The virus is here to stay. It's going to kill a lot of people. There's a lot more infections to come. But he never addresses the question of what should we do about it? What does he think about the lockdown? Does he think that locking down things um, until we have a vaccine or something is that the best option? I mean, I kind of gather that he doesn't think that that's the case. But what does he think? Because all I can hear is people like Trump kind of, uh, you know, throwing out ideas so it's just so hard to see what we could expect but yeah I mean I didn't think either that it would be literally closed for two years non-stop but that it would be kind of close on and off like like now it was closed for a month and it's so crazy that it's only been five weeks I mean I remember that my gym announced on the Facebook page that they have on the 13th of March So it's basically been, what, five weeks, essentially? It seems like it's been forever. It's insane just how long it seemed like. Mm. So, um, I mean, if it's closed on and off like this, so maybe it will be opened, I don't know, in the middle of May, and then in August they close it down again. I mean, effectively, from a psychological standpoint, it would almost be like it's closed for two years. Um, So I don't know. I'm I'm definitely thinking of getting more equipment for that case. And... um, so, I don't know. Let's say you had two grand to invest into gym equipment. So, I don't know. What, what would you get? Like, what what is something that uh, beyond... I mean, obviously, now you have dumbbells. I have dumbbells. So, I don't know. A squat rack and a, a barbell and weights. Like, would that be kind of the best like first step investment or i don't know what do you think so before i answer this i actually looked up while we you
1: were talking um there's a good podcast on this i don't know if you listen to it it's sam Harris's making sense podcast episode 198 conversation with paul bloom and there they actually discuss this topic that you brought up which is you know we won't be able and we won't have to wait until you know the virus goes we will have to find a way to live with it and, you know, they discuss what's probably going to happen, which is masks are probably going to stay, <laughs> um, maybe for two years. We probably won't shake hands for like two years and stuff like that. But anyway, that's just, you know, for you and
0: for the listeners, just check out for more. Is that the one that he recorded like a couple of weeks ago? It's nine days ago. Yeah. Nine days ago. Okay. That's okay. I'm curious. So,
1: yeah. So that was a good one. Um, as far as your question, definitely like a squat rack. Um, one with a pull-up attachment and also one where you can either that comes with a dip uh, attachment or you can buy a separate dip attachment to it uh, i mentioned this to you that there's a italian guy marcos terpa who basically bought everything for like 2000 uh, euros so he got you know a squat rack with stuff i mentioned a bench um adjustable dumbbells these no uh, not adjustable dumbbells. i mean um dumbbells which can be loaded dumbbell handlers, these strongman dumbbell handles which can hold like 120 kilos <laughs> plates and the bar of course and uh, yeah so that's that would take care of it the only thing i would add is if you can get at a good price and sometimes there are deals if you can get also a small dual cable like of course a cybex bravo would be ideal but that's really expensive like um Larry Doyle I don't know if you know him from Ireland I was I have a podcast with him which isn't hasn't been released but anyway so I recorded one with him and he mentioned this to me that he got basically for a couple thousand uh, euros he got a bunch of cyber equipment the old, old line which are so good and he got a bravo for like 500 euros i think which is ridiculous because they cost like four to five thousand euros when i when the owner i looked it up so yeah so if you can get some sort of cheap uh, ideally adjustable cable station you know there you go you have everything basically like you have free weights and then you have the cable and with that you can do everything and that shouldn't be more than 2000 again the cable is probably uh, the last piece to get and also the most um cuz you know barbers and plates don't really vary too much well right now they do but soon you know supplies will be re- restored and then you will be able
0: to to uh, buy them at the regular price again yeah yeah i mean probably that is that is the right answer there so squat rack weights and i mean you're you're definitely not going to be in big trouble if you have that Maybe a bench would also be nice. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the dual cable, um, yeah, probably that tax up another, like, you know, like 1,200 or so at least. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you have cables and a squat rack, I mean, really, the gym on top of that is just a luxury. Yeah, and, uh,
1: again, of course, that's a couple thousand euros. I mean, that's not a small amount. Another thing which I've seen Brian Cron write a post about... Even if gyms do open up and let's say um, then they close down, if you really have money, what you can do is um, while the gyms are open, a bunch of people who brought home equipment will just sell them because they won't use it. So then you can really get some bargains. Yeah. 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 Well, I definitely wanted to address goal setting, and you know, especially with regards to diet because or nutrition, because of course we already discussed training, and you know, people probably. Who uh, listen probably train in some way or shape or form or capacity, but uh, nutritional goal setting is something that we didn't really touch on yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That that's a good one. So um, I don't know how do you want to tackle it. Do do you want to talk about like what we do personally or what we would like recommend to others?
1: Um, We can do both. Um, So I mentioned to you that you know I was thinking about. sort of started you know losing some fat and then we had this chat that you know maybe I should just stay at, uh, at a comfortable body fat which would be a bit lower than right now but you know don't try to get very lean but rather stay at a body fat where I'm comfortable maybe at 14% something like that 13-14% and then try to recom because I basically have as good of a recovery ability as I will ever have because right now I can sleep pretty much as much as I want and realistically right now that I have access to a gym I can also train as much as I want so I was thinking that you know maybe I should do that for like six weeks um, or whatever this was before this uh, government thing was announced so right now I'm thinking if the gyms do open up in maybe six weeks I. um, at the best case scenario then i would definitely like to get leaner simply you know for marketing purposes like you know if you are leaner you look more professional or you know whatever you try to sell um, it just offers greater buying for potential clients or you know you have a higher chance of actually people signing up if you do You look more like you know you know what you're talking about not just you if you just actually know what you're talking about or if you actually look like you know what you're talking about that's gonna be a big plus so that's what i i will continue to to lose fat basically for the however long we are um in lockdown or whatever however long until the gyms do open up
0: and most likely as well while we do open up yeah yeah it's um i mean that that is probably a good idea um you know, I've, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I mean, a, a topic that I covered in the past a couple of times is just what are good body fat percentages for people to strive for. And I think a good gauge for that is just um, something that Greg Duset mentioned, actually, now that I think about it, is sort of the body fat percentage where you just don't give a shit. I mean, within reason at least, so not like when you're in full-on kind of binge mode and you're completely Mm -hmm. full of the wagon, but when you're like, you know, pretty relaxed, you go out to eat pretty liberally. At home, when you're eating your, you know, make some reasonable choices, you eat a high-protein diet and you're eating at somewhat regular times, so you're not just snacking on all kinds of crap all the time, but you're not, particularly concerned with what what's happening with your body comp. So kind of that body fat percentage and then the body fat percentage where you like have to break your back to get down to and basically the the middle of those two. So and I think that's a pretty good one to kind of gauge for most people. And then of course you can also take into account sort of where you tend to hang out, where you do pay some reasonable amount of attention, but it's not like your life has to revolve around being lean. And for me I mean, I've always kind of said that between that, you know, 12 to 15, 16% body fat, probably closer to that 16 now that I have a better gauge what realistically body fat percentages are. In the past, I would have said that that's what 12% body fat. Now I would say it's more like 15 But, you know, for me, 7% body fat, it was like, okay, hardcore diets. I killed myself to get there, but I got there. And then, you know, 18, 20, 22% body fat where I just, you know, I don't pay any attention to energy, energy energy density. I go out to eat very liberally, so you know between the two and what is that, you know, twelve-ish percent, fifteen, something like that. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a good way to gauge it for for most people. Yeah, same for me. Like I was just telling this to you that my baseline
1: diet pretty much would probably keep me at ten to twelve percent, and then the occasional whatever YOLO days or cheats or whatever you want to call them that's probably what's what's uh,
0: driving up my body fat percentage by like you know 5% or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. no e- exactly for me too it's um i was um when i got down to okay, let's say 10% body fat because that's kind of how everybody is thinking. So I won't won't make the disclaimer that in reality it's probably more like 12, 13. So let's say 10% body fat where I got down in 2017. And that's that's when I did the best ever job in my life, perhaps in actually managing my diet well once I was there. So I didn't rebound. I didn't have big cheat days and and stuff like that. So I did a really good job, but I still ended up bouncing up to 12% or so it was just over a much longer time frame, but it was it was almost like, okay, I'm doing a good job here, but there are just certain elements of my life that I don't like. Like my libido is kind of like, uh, it's not really there and it's actually much better if I have a couple of drinks and I'm like a bit stimulated, you know. So, okay, I don't like this and I'm kind of a bit food focused and I'm not, I'm not sleeping too well. So let's just, you know what, let's just eat a little bit more. So let's increase fat here and there. And that just kind of naturally ended up putting me at around 12, 13% over time. So it's, it's kind of, I always ended up at that place. So as much as it appeals to me to try to stay leaner and maybe in the future, I don't know, maybe in one day if I go on TRT or something like that and my hormones are managed, no matter how lean I am, maybe I will try to stay super lean again, but it's just not something that's feasible for me at the moment
1: yeah um although this is a slightly separated conversation because we didn't really address goal setting um this is just you know a side tangent that on body fat levels as far as goal setting for most people who are actually interested in their you know health consciousness we will definitely address the let's just not give a fuck approach a bit later but for people who actually do give a fuck at the worst i would set maintaining weight as a goal like Okay, right now I can't really train, or even if I do train, it's very limited. Dieting, probably not the best idea, because I'm probably going to lose muscle mass. Also, you know, if you're in uh, whatever quarantine and you're bored, then it's probably a higher chance of, you know, eating just out of boredom. Again, deficits, probably not the best idea. Um, Again, going on a bulk quote-unquote, even though I start hating that term more and more. Um, it's probably also not a good idea because, again, without proper training, you'll just get fat. So the best idea is just to let's just maintain our physique for now, which is easier to do both from a training perspective because, you know, muscle is very easy to keep, relatively speaking, yeah. from gaining it in the first place. And also from a nutritional point of view, you know, you can definitely, obviously, eat more when you maintain than when you're trying to lose weight. So... I think that's a perfectly reasonable goal and attainable for most people who are interested, you know, in health and fitness.
0: Yeah, and also, I think this is something you mentioned before, that no matter how suboptimal your training is, if you're, you know, 25 plus percent, let's say as a guy, I mean, there is zero issues with cutting even pretty assertively, even if your training sucks. I mean, you know, you could be losing some muscle, but I think you will be still happier if you're, you know, let's say at least at 17% body fat and not 27, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should have added the caveat that this is
1: um, with the caveat that you are at a healthy body fat already,
0: so not more than maybe 20% as a male. Yeah, 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 exactly. Otherwise, uh, kind of a funny trivia that I want to tell people. Look, this is going to be the podcast where I'm just going to be honest. Zero extra effort to make myself look better than I am. Uh, Boredom eating has been an issue for me during this quarantine. I will be honest. Um, It's not... So basically the issue is that I don't have the things that are there as a natural and very powerful way to distract me, to stimulate me. So, for example, you get hungry during the day a little bit and it's not the crazy hunger pang it's not like oh my god lethargy i'm starving away hardcore dieting type hunger it's just you know you get you already digested your previous meal your stomach is getting a little bit empty so it's like i could eat something it's not, not even necessarily hunger. It's just I could eat. Mm. Now, you know, normally when you're out and about, you do things, you go for walks and, or maybe you go to the gym, you're there, you're lifting the heavy irons. So obviously you're not going to eat while you're doing that. Or you're at work, you're distracted by things or you go grab, grab a coffee with someone, you're distracted by that. And then all of a sudden you look up and holy shit, I really got hungry now. Let's get go and eat something. You know, now I don't get to that point often because it's like shit. I could eat something. What am I doing right now? Playing FIFA. And the same FIFA that I played like 15 billion hours with already. Hmm. It's nothing completely new or nothing too new. Nothing that really stimulates me. So let's go and eat something. So I did have that issue. So I will be honest about that. So actually what I started doing is I started eating um, a low carb, (laughs) uh, higher fat, pretty bland diet um, recently. because um, And honestly, it's working pretty well. Like, um, you know, I, I eat when I'm hungry. But... I'm not gonna get up and boredom and eat some canned sardines and some, you know, cucumbers. It's just not not something. But even if I was eating, say, some frozen berries and some, you know, low-fat protein pudding or something, I could get up and boredom and eat that. But this thing, not so much. And it's actually working pretty mm. well. So that's might be something that's interesting for people. Do food deliveries work in Macedonia? Um I don't know. I know that um, grocery stores, some do uh, deliveries, but uh, food delivery doesn't.
1: Yeah. So um, I asked because you you obviously know this, but uh, last night, so I, I wouldn't call it boredom eating, but I still have episodes of emotional eating. I just call them emotional because that's what it is. Um, like I said, it's it's what's probably keeping me, you know, five percent higher than I, I would have to be from a physiological point of view. Um, it's impulses basically impulsive eating i guess and right now it's impulsive food delivery (laughs) and that's what i asked it's not bad i mean i don't really do it even every now and again it's it's enough like for example this past week when it's been easter Mm -hmm. i I got a huge you know collage whatever it's basically um i don't even know what to call it it's sweet bread basically filled with you know walnuts and stuff and I ate a bunch of that because I received it for free. And then last night I ordered... I basically broke a record because this was the biggest pizza I ever ate. So it's it's been turned a giant. And I was like, huh, I'm really curious. Like, how does a giant pizza look like? Well, it turns out it really is giant. Like, in four it doesn't look that bad. Like, it doesn't do do it justice. But it basically is so... The box is so big, it literally de- didn't fit in the door. Like, I would have to, you know, turn it sideways. <laughs> bring it in (laughs) like it's that big and it's around 57 centimeter in diameter so 22 23 inches something like that it was more than two kilos in weight um calories i have no idea it's probably been i don't know six thousand, maybe i don't know six thousand just a pizza yeah really wow i mean it's a two kilo pizza i mean what would it ah two kilo well yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean I was just doing the math, like one usual large, which is like a kilo, it probably has 3000, and this one probably had like double that, so yeah, so I ate that last night, and so yeah, we are I definitely understand people who do struggle with, you know, border meeting and whatever, but um, again, I'm trying to lose weight and I will <laughs> so that's why I said that you know just simply maintaining your weight is reasonable because even if you do have episodes like this once or twice per week if overall your diet is okay you can definitely still maintain your um, your, your physique and your whatever body composition the issue arises when you get into Stephanie Buttermore's approach who is like let's just go all-in in quarantine and you start abandoning all structure and you do what i did last night which is i ate six seven thousand calories worth of pizza and the next day you're like oh it doesn't matter because it's quarantine and i've given myself permission to eat so today i'm going to do it again and also you fill your house with junk food because this is what stephanie Barramore said you can't decide what to eat during this time period which i don't know how it works like i don't know maybe in canada or wherever she lives florida people like put guns to your head and you're basically forced to buy junk food at the store right now i don't understand how that works because as far as i know you are free to go into a grocery store and buy what you want and you can actually eat what you want unless you know jeff nippers forces her to
0: eat candy which i wouldn't assume he does like the like the was what's the name of that? The two kids that are trapped in the big candy house, you know, in the forest. <laughs> yeah, Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, uh, seriously,
1: like this is. Um, I'm not trying to pick on Stephanie, but I just watched a Greg Dusset video. I don't watch her. I just watched Greg Dusset, and he did a video on her, and I couldn't believe the stuff she was saying there. Like, uh, just I I apologize if I don't remember exactly because it's been like a week. But basically, her four steps or four tips for people who deal or whatever to deal with uh, their diet during the quarantine was you know just give yourself permission to eat it's okay to eat and then don't weigh yourself don't monitor yourself at all cuz that's not going to do your mental health good so, you know don't check your body don't weigh yourself don't do anything like that she did mention exercise which is good but then you know she said stuff like you know you can't really control what you eat or we all struggle with boredom eating and that's completely fine and of like i said she also had her house filled with you know she looked like basically if i went to the grocery store and i just brought the entire aisle of chocolate and candy home like that's how it looked like i didn't have greg said the same thing he said like I didn't eat that much junk food in ten years. Like, yeah. I didn't have that much junk food in ever. Like, if I summed up the junk food I had throughout all my life, I wouldn't have that much. Like, I, I just don't understand her. Like, um, you can definitely feel free to stop me, and I'm just annoyed and I, I don't understand because I know how people think, and they are going to use this as justification that oh, Stephanie said it's okay, and from my own perspective like to she said that you know it's not good for your mental health to weigh yourself during time like this you know what's not good for my mental health to not weigh myself and to find out that three months from now because i didn't weigh myself because i didn't look in the mirror because i didn't monitor myself at all i gained like 15 kilos that's what's not gonna be not good for my mental health not that i do maintain some semblance of discipline and i do stick to my diet and Heaven forbid that I actually also keep my health course in mind. Like, I just don't understand. And if it's, like, your situation is worse like mine, we are still able to go out. Like, if it was the same in the U.S., like, if she lives in Florida, Florida is, I don't know if you do follow the U.S. situation. I do, because I do know this, because the UFC is going to be holding events in Florida. It's basically the most relaxed state in the whole fucking U.S., like they have beaches are open in florida like if there is a place where you have no excuse to not keep your health and fitness in check it's fucking florida again i don't know if she still lives there i know she did for a while so maybe she doesn't i don't know but if she does live in florida that's the last place to make excuses that would be the easiest place to keep your health and fitness because you are allowed to go outside you can walk on the beach for fuck's sake yeah
0: all right, so I think this is a perfect way to close the podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so I'll react now before everybody, uh, all, all the people that don't agree with you are closing the, the, the episode. But, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, my thinking has uh, changed over time somewhat on the Stephanie Buttermore situation. So when I first saw her all-in kind of thing, then first of all, I was, I think, in kind of the last month, of my my photo shoot diet. So at that time, I had very, very little sympathy for what she was doing. I mean, I was, you know, like dying from those like 2200 calories and the 15 to 20K steps that I was doing every day plus the seven days a week, you know, weight training and not being able to sleep and whatever. And I was like, man... If I could just have another bag of strawberries a day, life would be so much better. Or, mm. or if in the morning, instead of two eggs, I could have three. Oh, my goodness. And then when I started adding back in calories and I could eat three eggs in the morning and not just strawberries, but also some blueberries, I felt like I was living the life. So when I saw that she had to eat 5,000 calories every day for several months and she was saying that that was needed, I had very little sympathy. <laughs> and... um even later, I mean, when I was done with my diet and I was doing really well in the beginning, I was very conservative with how I was adding back in calories. I was very judgmental towards her. Um, over time, since I experienced a pretty ugly, you know, period after the diet where, you know, I was I was doing well from the standpoint that I was limiting myself to fruits and veggies and stuff like that, uh, but I was eating that so uncontrollably that uh, you know I was probably still clocking, you know, 4,500 calories on many days just from fruits and veggies because it was just uncontrolled. And that's when I experienced that it's not just about eating enough calories to be in a small surplus or to not be in a deficit anymore. There is basically a certain amount of psychological rebound that you experience when it's not just about eating enough calories, it's just about not feeling like you did when you were restricted and uh, it's, it's almost like a slingshot, like you're, you pull that rubber band, and you let it go, and it just smacks you in the face, and even months later, so now, for example, I mean, I, you know, went up, you know, the mid, probably approaching the high teens at this point, and I was like, okay, you know what, this is enough, and it, okay, come on, my diet was six months ago, let's pull back a little bit, and let, let's cut back a bit, so let's do, you know, like two weeks, three weeks of, of deficit eating, and honestly, I could just not get myself to do it. It, it And that, that was shocking to me because I, even when I was, uh, maybe when I was the deepest into my kind of disordered eating, perma-cutting type cycles, then I experienced things like that. But certainly for the last three years, I had not had anything like this. I was always in, like I could just like click my fingers and I could get into a deficit and I would follow through with it. I was kind of judgmental towards people who were not, able to stick to a deficit even for a couple of weeks. And I could just not stick to that freaking deficit because I had almost like this PTSD type thing where, oh my goodness, it just reminds me of the freaking diet. I would go to bed even slightly hungry and it's like, oh my goodness, I I can just not freaking take this because all those memories would kick in. And so the reason I'm saying all of this is because Stephanie was someone who kept herself incredibly, incredibly lean for a very long time. I mean, she was... I mean almost shredded and um, I think that she has gotten used to a lifestyle where it was all about ignoring her hunger signals, pushing through hunger, using all kinds of creative ways to push through hunger, to suppress her appetite, probably a lot of things behind the scenes where that we did not know about probably. Who knows how her sex drive was, how she was able to sleep at night and all of those things and I think that once she started doing that all-in thing… Um, Who knows, maybe at certain times she had the idea that she should, you know, cut back a little bit. Let's, okay, I gained enough weight. Let's try to control things. And probably that's when she realized just how much she was suffering before. It's almost like... You know, when you're sleep deprived for months on end, you kind of don't realize how shit you feel, but once you had a couple of nights of good sleep, then you realize how much it sucked, or it is true of any kind of situation, probably when we get out of the lockdown and we are able to, you know, sit into a coffee place, have a cup of coffee and whatever, we can go to a bar, watch a football game, that's when we're going to realize how much it sucked to be in a lockdown, so... I have definitely more sympathy towards her with what she's going through. And yes, I mean, you know, all the logic speaks against her, like why does she have to eat junk food? But probably there is something to the idea that she was restricting herself from everything for so long that just the idea of not eating junk food just reminds her of that crazy restrictive lifestyle that she was having. So I'm still not saying with all of that that it is the right thing and she should just go ham on all the junk food. I'm just saying that she's probably in a very very difficult situation to the point where she probably would benefit greatly from actual counseling, you know, and and that's also tricky because going to a finding an actual expert or someone who specializes in that is also a tricky thing because if you just go to a registered dietitian or you go to a, a psychologist, I mean they will not understand. It's like, well, just just eat as much as you feel like you need and just stop when you're full, you know? It's the type of psychological struggle that physique competitors and people that are really deep into fitness go through and all of that combined with the weird hunger signals and the disordered eating it's it's a very unique niche thing like i don't think it's easy to find actual help in that regard so i'm just saying i feel for her because i think she is in a really difficult situation where i don't sympathize with her as much is when she created this cult out of this, and she started putting that out there as something that you know, every not everybody should be doing, but you know, you have food issues, just you know, go all in. I I think that's that's a dangerous message, and um, you know, I sympathize with that as well to some extent, because you know, when you're doing something, it's almost like you have to say that to other people as well that that's the right thing to do, because it kind of reaffirms what you're doing. Uh, so I feel for her. I also blame her a little bit. Um, but just the this dieting experience that I was through definitely makes me see this from a different light uh, than, than I saw compared to how I was seeing it before. So that would be my long response. <laughs> mm.
1: Okay, so with that, or to that, I will probably give a similarly long uh, response back. So first off um i think i need to clarify a couple of things because people were just think that i'm misogynist and i hate her and first of all uh, even a couple of minutes ago we were discussing body fat levels i said come down to a level i feel comfortable at like i do not recommend anyone to keep you know five percent below their natural set point or settling point where they feel like a functioning human like even my colleague, who you know who I'm talking about, he is very lean. Um, I mentioned Stephanie, and she was. The, uh, I showed a couple of. Um, I showed a couple of pictures of a girl we both sort of knew, anyways. Long story, but she did the same thing basically, and she was she got really really shredded and lost her cycle, and now she basically went up like 20 kilos. And my colleague and I were both like, okay, that was unreasonable, but you know, there's a lot of leeway between shredded and obese like you could you know find the sweet spot where you don't feel like shit but you're also kind of healthy so that's one thing um the second of second my my second point or um, to your to, to what you said is i am not judging her like i do not honestly i do not care about her per se i wish her all the best i really Feel for her, and I really do hope that she finds a person who can help her mentally and all that. Like, this is not anything, uh, I am not attacking her personally. What I am attacking is the advice she puts out to hundreds of thousands of people. Like, when you are someone who is being followed by 400,000 people or 500,000, however many followers she has, you need to think about the messaging you put out, right? Like, we this is like you know you being the um and for example Matthew Walker was saying this that you know heads of states shouldn't say things like I only sleep you know two hours per day and that's fine like they might not wish to say that you should as well sleep only two hours but people will inherently take this as advice that you know well if he's okay then I should probably do, this, do the same but in that video she actually like the video is about you know her strategies and what she recommends for people like i'm not judging her i'm judging the message she put out for her followers like if she was like listen this is my personal issue this is what i'm going through but for you for most people what i would recommend is and then follow up with some reasonable advice that would be perfect but she didn't do that she was like well this is what you all of you should do and that's what i have issues with you know this i think you don't like think about it yourself like you had this this issue right but i would assume that you wouldn't just recommend to everyone who didn't go through this to be like well whatever don't even bother dieting because you know i went through this phase and right now i seem to have some bad experiences that i haven't dealt with so you know that means that no one can lose weight and diets just fail (laughs) like that's not the same thing you know so again what i take issue with is her what i consider irresponsible messaging for hundreds of thousands of people and i did receive and jesus i don't have a large following by any amount but i did receive between five to ten messages from women who were like um you know i'm so happy that someone actually put this out because i did follow her um approach and I I got fat and I was just unhappy and then I sort of found the middle road and I started you know listening to my uh body but also started making some decent food choices and I suddenly dropped like whatever five to six kilos and now I'm much happier and whatnot. Like um just respond to what I said so far and then
0: we can continue this. Yeah I and, and I agree with that. I agree with that. Um that it's um I think that's the only thing that I fault her for is that she's not honest probably with herself and I think that's often the issue of highly intelligent people which she is that they are very good at convincing themselves and they're also very good at convincing others by extension of that so I think instead of recognizing that wow this is the fact that I'm eating this many calories for weeks and weeks on end and my hunger signals are still not back to normal. I still don't have to, the urge to eat less. Wow, that's that's scary. And when I experienced things similar to that, that was very scary for me. And I, for example, I addressed it in a YouTube video. Didn't talk about it that much because um, for one, I was scared about where that's gonna lead. Also slightly embarrassed that, wow, I just finished this diet and now this is happening. Even though I was very well prepared for, what what could happen i heard about all the horror stories out there about how people rebounded then it still kind of ended up happening to me or at least it began happening to me it was very scary um, and i think you know there's many ap- approaches that you can take in th- at this point a you can educate yourself and and hope that you can kind of solve this on your own or you can reach out for help and I think she chose a third option, which is, I think, kind of the worst. Is that not only did she try to solve it on her own in a mm, questionable, potentially acceptable, maybe for her the only way that she could cope with it? I, I will be willing to kind of give her the benefit of doubt, especially based on my some of my own experiences that that really was the only option for her, whatever. But to put that out there as 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 something that you know is a general recommendation for everyone. Also, you know, this is not something that she's doing intentionally, but it kind of works out for her. I mean, she I think she's a beautiful woman, and I actually think she is actually looks way better this way than when she was ripped and skinny. Honestly, like I any time a video of hers comes up and I'm so bored that I actually click on it, I watch her speak. Obviously, she's also good with makeup, but I'm like, wow, this is one hell of a beautiful human being. And her body fat distribution is probably pretty good. Her skin is like very nice and tight with these curves and everything. You know, a lot of other women won't have the same kind of response from a Mm. physique standpoint Mm. to this so uh, a lot of people will be very very disappointed if they go down the same road when like i don't want to be too crude here but you know that that's another thing that's she's not being intentionally disingenuous in that way but it is kind of disingenuous at the end of the day
1: Mm. yeah and exactly and this was one of the main points that greg this brought up in the original video he did about her which no one watched who started criticizing greg because if they would have watched the video it was a very reasonable response and this is one of the points brought up by Greg he was like listen she she is basically the best case scenario for this like she like you said yourself she's a very beautiful woman and she also like she put on an insane amount of weight compared to how she looks which of course speaks about how underweight she kept herself no doubt but if most women try to pull this off and how much weight did she gain like 15 kilos 20 kilos i'm not sure uh yeah i think probably around 20 kilos okay so most women if they gain 20 kilos they will not love their bodies like maybe this is just me being judgmental okay fine whatever if you do wish to do the experiment do it just speaking from my own point of view I would not be happy with my body if I gained 20 kilos from here. Now, of course, I'm not at 6% body fat, so I don't need to do that. I'm just saying that, saying stuff like, uh, you, you know, your mental health will thank you if you do not uh, check your body. That's not stuff you can like. Again, if you do allow me, then I will. I will then present my anti-Stephanie Baltimore strategy or what I would recommend for people to actually do with their diets during this lockdown. I I wanted to mention earlier that when when you were talking about you know she she this was the strategy she came up with to deal with her eating issues. Maybe it's not the best analogy, but you know what thought, kept or what thought popped into my mind was like. If someone has alcohol abuse issues, for example, or alcohol issues, control issues, you don't fill your house with alcohol, like 20 different beverages, and you. no one would say that's reasonable to say that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to drink as much as I want, whenever I want, until I start hating alcohol, or until I think that, you know, this, I've had enough, I don't want to drink anymore, like, it's not going to end well, and I know that alcohol is in food, but if you do get into those behaviors with junk food, like I know for myself, I've gotten a year ago into a habit, once you start ordering food regularly, it's very easy, it becomes a habit, like you're used to, it's Tuesday night, I come home, and I'm just going to order a pizza, it becomes a habit, <laughs> and you start doing that. And it's, it's the same with junk food. Like, if you get used to, you know, I always have junk food around. Whenever I'm bored, I, you know, start eating junk food. And then your brain creates this association and this habit. And it becomes a sort of Pavlovian conditioning that bored, junk, bored, junk, bored, junk. And, again, I'm not James Clear. I'm not an expert on habits. It's just, you know, my experience, basically. Like, this is what's going to happen. And then you will start saying things like... Well, I listen to my body and my body says it wants junk. No, it's a habit that you created. It was your choice. At first it was a choice. Now it's a habit and it sucks. But yeah, but you created this monster in the first place. Like uh, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, for example, who has been a therapist like for many, many years, he said the same thing. Listen, how do you, um, how do you, uh, get anything he was talking about what does it mean to pray and make a wish he said making a wish doesn't mean that oh you know or, or, or or you know wanting something he was like it's not oh i want something and then don't do anything he was like if you do want something that means you will do everything that's required to get that yeah and that might mean sacrificing 50 other things but no one talks about that in 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 definitely she doesn't talk about it that way and um jordan was also saying that you know imagine if you had basically you know if you don't don't keep your promises or your rules with yourself like he said you know what's the best thing about tables they don't don't change their heights so when children go under a table and they raise their heads and they hit the table they learn that you know I probably shouldn't crawl under or walk under forever uh, crawl. I guess they're, they're crawling under a table and then because I will hit myself. Like, but imagine if the table suddenly changed height, they will never learn. Like, this is the same with like junk food. If you, if you have these rules and you never respect them, <laughs> you can't. Re- we discussed this in, re- in a, another podcast. That you said this. Uh, I, I remember you telling me this that he was like, uh, you said that once you you know you can't really trust yourself after a while if you constantly break your diet if you decide that you know now i'm going to diet and then today's day you cheat and then you start a diet again and then you cheat again you're like i can't trust myself like my promises or my word means nothing like i know this has been a long um, tangent but all i'm trying to say with this is that uh, you don't fix your eating issues or whatever Emotionating eating issues by surrounding yourself with all the junk food in the world and, uh, and
0: the strategy isn't to just eat it whenever you want and in any amount you want it yeah yeah i i, I think you're right uh, about all of that um and that that's one thing that i would probably still be somewhat um critical about with the way she went about things and again, you know, maybe she has pushed herself to a point where it was she actually needed like a, a 5,000 calorie influx. And the only way she can get that is through junk food. So whatever. Um, I, I don't want to dismiss her situation. But in, in general, like I would still be somewhat critical about the idea that if you have to go all in and you have to basically remove restrictions and let your body decide how much extra calories it needs... I mean, I think you should still do it from foods that in the future, if in the future you still want to hold on to a leaner physique and you still want to live this fitness, healthy kind of lifestyle, you know, the foods that will be a part of that should also be the foods that are going to take you on this all-in kind of journey. So if you eat ice cream and pizza and stuff like that, and that's how you're gaining 20 kilos, I mean you know, what makes you think that at some point your body is going to say, you know what, okay, now let's make you gravitate back towards your natural set point. That's not going to happen with ice cream and pizza. And that's because that was kind of her idea. That's how she explained it that, you know what, you were critical of me that I gained, you know, 30 or 40 pounds or whatever, but trust me, my body is going to take me back to its natural set point after years of restriction. That's all good. But, you know, eat you know, eggs and avocado and fatty fish and fruits and, and and stuff like that. Yes, with that, you might still be in a thousand calorie surplus if your body really needs it. But yes, at a certain point, just simply because the palatability is not so overwhelming, your body is kind of going to say at one point that, you know what, we've had enough. Now we are going to be in a 500 calorie surplus, eventually in a 200 and maybe eventually at maintenance, over time, maybe in a deficit even. That's just how your kind of settling point is going to kind of pull you back. And that definitely does happen. So that that would be kind of one thing that I would actually be critical about as well. Um, that it's somewhat perhaps delusional. And you know I, I have done things like that in the past as well. And you know, like you said, there is no such thing as eating so much junk food. That you will be sick of it. You might be sick of it for that night when you're mm. binging on the couch, but as soon as your stomach gets empty, as soon as that food is gone from your stomach, you took a couple of shits, <laughs> your craving is mm. just as strong for those, even stronger, arguably than they were before. Yeah, and and not just that. I mean,
1: um, you de- you're definitely right uh, with that, and I do want to get back to that uh, strategy. But she keeps like a hundred types. Like you will never get. Sick for all, sick of all of them. Like she might get sick of one flavored Oreo, but she has like fifty. She might get sick of one cereal but she already she has fifteen other options. Like you're bombarding your brain with these. Like Stefan Giani would probably pull his hair out of all of them <laughs> from his head if if he saw that. Like Jesus Christ. Like Jordan said the same thing again. Just just keeps that guy has such. Such amazing practical insight into into stuff like this. But he said the same thing about you know decisions and stuff like that. Like, don't reinforce something you don't want to repeat. Basically, like you, you don't want to see in your future. Like, if you want to get rid of a habit, don't keep doing it again over and over again. And um, as far as a strategy of coming out from from uh, from a diet, like. Look around, look, look at what Greg Doucette says, look at what my colleague's do does the same, like he said the same thing. He has the same base diet, basically. He just, no, he takes some of the stuff out. Like, for example, at the end of his contest prep, he doesn't really eat fruit because he's not as feeling for him and minor stuff like that. But during his quote-unquote off-season or walk-around shape, which as you've seen, it's very lean, he eats the same stuff. Now, he has a preference for higher fat, lower carb diets but he still eats his fruits he still eats um, rice and he still eats oats and stuff like that and potatoes like he has a very solid diet base and that's what everyone should do and your body doesn't have a junk food deficit your body has energy deficit yeah it needs more calories fine it needs more nutrients fine you've you've starved your body of nutrients and energy overall okay you haven't starved your body of oreos like your body isn't screaming, oh my goodness, I want the rails. No, that's you seeing mm-hmm. the rails in the, in the store and you know, clever marketing and stuff like that and association which have been created. Like think about it. Why do I not ever crave sushi? Because I never had it. I have no idea how it tastes. Yeah. Now, if I tried it, for example, I might find out that it's delicious. And then, and then, um, and then I, I, w- I would start craving it, you know? and. And this is one thing that I disagree, for example, people say that, you know, you should eat uh, a small bit of the foods, uh, you know, every day and then you'll be fine. Um, No, I actually found the opposite. Like if I haven't had something in months, I forget how it tastes. But if I start eating it every day, all I can think about is that food because it's going to taste delicious. And my brain is hardwired to seek out calorie-dense foods, you know, and high in sugar and high in fat and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, people can seek out Stefan his work for more information on that, but it's not a good strategy. This is a, a great strategy to get fat. <laughs> and if that's what you want, again, I'm not judging anyone. We are not judging anyone. If that's what you want, fine. We are talking about people who want to maintain a lean physique. This is, this is not the way to go about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... And again, like not not to give these disclaimers like every two seconds, but the the only thing that um, makes me so, for example, if if I sat down with Stephanie, I could see myself by the end of a conversation being like, you know what, Stephanie, you were in some deep shit when you went on this all out thing, and you know it, it's often when you get down to, for example, six percent body fat as a bodybuilder or something, it probably secretly a lot of them still have a lot of plans about how they're gonna go about their diet afterwards but to plan for that it's almost like planning on how you're going to behave when you shoot some heroin or something it's like i'm gonna still be reasonable once the heroin is in my system it's like no you cannot predict how you're gonna be like at that time or even if you're like super drunk or something it's you're gonna be a different person the very brain that you're thinking with now is going to be a different animal at that time so um it's kind of like it's kind of like that in this case. So I mean, I've experienced some some really weird shit uh, in the past couple of months as a result of the diet and what happened afterwards. So you know, just for a long time, just going for a walk on a nice sunny day, just going on the same routes that I took when I got in my 15k steps during my diet. I mean, honestly, it was. I felt sick in my stomach just walking that way. It's like, oh my goodness, not this shit again. Even though I just wanted to go for a freaking walk. So, um, some really weird things can happen. So, I could see that for her, just simply eating like salads and and veggies and stuff like that and lean protein, it just reminds her of all that shit that she was in. But anyway, um, the other thing that was something that was that I was rolling my eyes on in her approach is that while she was lean. She had these cheat meals and cheat days and she was mm. filming them and I ate whatever I wanted for, you know, for 24 hours. And oh my God, I ate 7,000 calories and I'm only, you know, 50 kilos. And and that, yeah, that is essentially just reinforcing that, that whole thing that my day-to-day diet sucks. This is something I'm only doing because I want to stay lean. But if I really did what I wanted, this is all the junk crap that I would eat. And I think that already kind of puts you in that state of mind that just sets you up for a lot of shit. So that, that's another thing that I would be kind of critical about. Yeah, so
1: I obviously don't have experience with, one, being so lean and, two, what she's going through, so I'm, I can't comment on that. But I do have experience with emotional eating. I do have experience with binge eating episodes, although I don't like to call it binge eating, but then it starts, you know putting it like in a medical term and starts creating you know like it sounds like a disease and whatever like for example last i mentioned this to you in private like last night's pizza experience if i wanted to follow the stephanie Buttermore approach i would have been like so you know guys last night i already ate like 2500 calories and i was perfectly satisfied but then you know I, I i an impulse hit me and i downloaded the food panda app and i ordered a giant pizza and i ate another six thousand calories which were completely unnecessary but that's completely fine because you know we're in a quarantine and stuff like that is really justifiable because we're in a quarantine and then suddenly my, our health doesn't matter anymore and it's okay so if you ever in a situation like this you can think about me and if you're not convinced that you should order a pizza, just... I, I give you permission. Do it. You can do it. It's okay. It, it doesn't matter. You'll be fine. The universe will love you. We are all going to love you. Like, no! <laughs> no. no! No! Like, if... As uh, I mentioned this to you, if... Like, let's see, my girlfriend wanted this. You know what I would have said? I would have given her to... Virtuous slaps i'm not saying slap your boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> i would have given her like two metaphoric or slaps i would be like what are you talking about shut up silly this is just emotional whatever you've already you're look at it you're already full like you're not hungry you're just bored like let's either go to sleep or watch something like in the morning you will wake up and you will be thankful that you didn't order that pizza or if you do you will regret it in the morning which is what i did today I did regret it because I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? Now I ruined the week's worth of progress. And it sucks. And no, it didn't make me happy. And maybe that's whatever. Maybe I have issues and Stephanie is right. Who knows? I don't know. But all I'm saying is we need to separate our uh, subjective experience with objective advice that we are giving out to people. And again, I keep coming back to this because this is my biggest issue with, with her. Like, if you do want to present your case study whatever and let people draw their own conclusions or whatever that's fine that's perfectly okay but if you start playing the role model or if you start giving advice to hundreds of thousands before it's just irresponsible so uh, finally i will i will i will present my anti stephanie buttermore strategy what people should actually do with their diets in my opinion so first of all not give a fuck definitely okay so if you're someone who doesn't really or is sufficiently overburdened by this whole experience that doesn't really have the mental bandwidth to also care about their health or fitness or whatever they'll be like listen i understand i will gain some weight that's okay i'm fine with that trade-off i will do my best to get back to you know my old habits once this stuff is over i'm okay i've accepted i will gain some weight that's fine awesome do what you want i won't even comment on that but for people who actually want to you know they're like you know this period sucks but at least what i can do is you know not also ruin my physique and my health course at the same time what i recommend is first of all you do control or you can control what you eat so when you go to a grocery store only buy stuff you actually want to eat and are actually health promoting uh stuff that actually will help you in that predetermined goal which you have established for yourself again this is something that you have to establish for yourself just write it down what do i want out of this couple month period if your goal is listen i want to maintain my current body fat level i do not want to gain body fat that's a perfect reason but i swear to you this is such a fucked up society like it be it has become Politically incorrect to stay stuff like, you know, I actually do want to stay lean, or I actually do not want to gain weight during this quarantine. Like, I swear, 99% of the messages I see is, it's okay to gain weight. Don't even worry about it. you already have plenty on your mind. It's, it's okay, like that's one side of the coin where's the other side it, it's also okay to not want to gain weight it's also okay to not want to completely abandon everything you know like <laughs> it's crazy but anyway so going back so if you decided that then you do go to a grocery store and you buy only stuff you want to eat that's what you're going to keep in the fridge that's what's going to be in the pantry that's what's what's going to be around when you're hungry that's all you're going to see you can also you know of course you have to negotiate with your girlfriend boyfriend if you live with someone else but let's suppose for now that you do live with someone who has the same goal as yourself okay you filled your house with healthy stuff then the second you do monitor your body composition you do weigh yourself either daily or bi-weekly at least because you've Determine that you do not want to gain weight. So if you see the scale go up, that goes against your predetermined goal. So, if you do that, then you know you have to adjust something. Because otherwise, if you do not monitor your your progress or your body composition, you have no idea what's going on. So, you do take photos every month or so, you do measure yourself on the scale. Try to stay at the same body weight. And then, you know, if you do crave um, some junk, then you can negotiate with your, um, with your significant other. Listen, we would like to eat ice cream. Oh, oh, okay, awesome. We will go out to the store. We will decide, we've decided beforehand. We want to eat ice cream, which means we will not see some random cake and buy the cake, because why the fuck not? We have, we said we only wanted to eat ice cream. Then we are going to go out and buy ice cream. We will decide beforehand, you know, how much because I've also done this. I'm talking from experience as well. Like I've done this. We went out to buy one and I bought home three liters of ice cream and I ate all three because, hey, I bought it. So why not eat it? And then I regretted it. So if you do decide to eat, you know, a liter of, like, honestly, no one needs to eat three liters of ice cream. Like... <laughs> the first maybe half liter let's say okay maybe the first liter the rest of that I just ate it because it was there and I didn't really feel like throwing food out because you know again childhood whatever you don't you have to eat you have to finish your meals whatever so when you go out this is the the main idea like you have to decide if you do want some treats then you decide beforehand what it is you go out you buy it in the quantities you do want to eat you come home you eat it you enjoy it, you share it with your partner, and that's perfectly fine. Like I'm not saying you don't have, you can't eat anything, but just don't keep it around. Like what's the point? Um, and what else? What else uh, did you say? Um, of course, exercise is good, so that's recommended, and that's also something else I would recommend. Make it uh, again. These are things you should probably write down, because, and then you should stick to them. Like decide how many days per week you want to work out, and then stick to it like don't make anything unreasonable but i also don't like this again this talk well if you don't feel like training then just don't train okay but then you start going down into a spiral which doesn't really help like decide before if you if you commit to three workouts per week good then you do commit to them but you also stick to them um i think i i remember too too long so you can definitely interject
0: yeah yeah i mean i i I agree with, with all of that, it's. Um, I think this is a time now when we have to be compassionate and we have to be understanding. So I think the um, go- going overzealous with the message that nothing matters, just do whatever you feel like and everything is is okay, it can get to a point where it's almost like you're encouraging that kind of behavior. You definitely don't have to do that. Um, you know, eating healthy, controlling your body weight, exercising—those are all good things to do. So that that should be the default recommendation. That said, you know, this is a tough time. We are like locked in in freaking apartments with food <laughs> all day. So if someone struggles with that, it's not something to be encouraged, but something to be understood. And you um, know, the the other side of all of this is when I see some really. Smart individuals in quotation marks, uh, making posts on Facebook, like I don't understand how people can overeat during this time. I mean it's you're not out in restaurants, you're not eating junk food like food, food like some someone even said it in a sentence like food should be used sparingly. it's like, okay man <laughs> I get it that that should be the default recommendation, like you're less active, you're building less muscle, like be at maintenance at most, yeah, sure, I get all of that. But to say that you don't understand it, wow. I hope you're not Mm. a fitness professional. Well, that's all I can say. Because if you are, my goodness, you must be a terrible coach. Like, you understand zero things about how people tick. You must be a naturally skinny person or something. Congratulations for you. But you must not have seen any people interacting with food in your life. So um, that's kind of the other end of all of this. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, if um, your goal is to be fit and whatever, you know, don't kid yourself. Buy the stuff in the in the store that you're intending on eating, and once you make a commitment to something, you know, think long and hard whether you're ready to make that commitment. You know, if you need some accountability, then you know, hire a coach or something. Write it down for yourself on on a paper or something, or take a, a morning to journal about these things. Like you signal yourself basically that you're actually serious about all of these things, because um, yeah, committing to things and then quitting them. It's terrible for your self confidence. I mean, I have been long enough in this game, and I've been kind of lean for you know many enough times where I my trust in myself is not that easily shaken. But this experience that I had, you know, a couple of weeks ago, where I went on a diet for one day, and then I was off the diet for the next week, and then back on the diet again for two days, and off for two weeks, that was not good for my self confidence for sure. I mean, you know, now I'm. I already kind of have that feeling of, man, if I'm going to do this, for example, this like lower carb thing, then I better be serious about it. Cause I, if I quit this again, there's going to be terrible for my self-confidence. So that's just something to keep in mind. Cause like you can lose many things in life, but to lose your trust in yourself, that's, that should be the last thing to go. Mm. Yeah. And I, you're definitely right. And, um, I, 'm I definitely
1: understand I mean shit I'm the most understanding person like I said i st- I still have emotional eating issues I know what it's like to uh, in engorge yourself with you know delicious tasting food and you know satisfy some emotional issues with food I mean shit that's all I've known for the first 15 years of my life basically like I wasn't eating food for nutritional value. I was eating it for pleasure. Like what well, I cared about if it tasted good. <laughs> I definitely understand all that. Um, but simply going from a different point of view. Yeah, yeah. Times are tough right now because you know we are in the lockdown. But also economy, most likely will take a, a turn for the for <laughs> the worse. Um, last time I checked, junk food isn't free. Like buying all that junk food is costing you a lot of money like i approach it from this point of view as well like i beat myself up on pizza because of the calories but also that was probably draw series i could have bought for a week uh, with the with the price of that pizza like you know i also like i understand people who eat out of boredom but on the other side like think about it like you're probably in a pretty privileged position then because you can afford to eat all that crap and you you can pay for that because so many people don't have jobs right now they've lost their income and they don't have anything to eat so you don't i guess you could feel sorry for yourself oh my goodness we are such a situation munching on ice cream oh my goodness this is terrible munching on ice cream or you can think like why am i doing this like i don't really need this i just bought a bunch of junk for nothing like i didn't really need this i didn't really want to buy this i just spent a bunch of money for nothing like who knows what's going to happen with the economy maybe i should have saved this money you know like again this is not a politically correct thing to say but shit like i don't know it seems like every or any amount of talk about discipline and you know actually being diligent with your finances and thinking about the future is being um, frowned upon like you shouldn't say stuff like that you shouldn't say stuff like you You probably shouldn't waste money on junk food because it's not essential and
0: you maybe you could find better use for that money (laughs) crazy yeah Yeah, man i i agree i agree um so so yeah maybe we should uh call it here um because we went on for an hour and 35 minutes and yeah, I think this was enough food for thought, hopefully not junk food for thought for people. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess let, let's conclude here. So uh, let's pick it up from here the next time around. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that we could cover some pretty cool topics. So I think, um, I think this was one of the better quarantine podcasts that we've done mm. so far. Yeah, and you know maybe people would think I'm
1: just a horrible person. I don't know. Um, again, I'm just coming from. I'm really glad that we we were able to you know approach this topic from two different perspectives. And um, again, just to repeat this again, I really don't care about what anyone does. Like if you do want to you know do this and makes you happy, whatever. I'm I'm all for whatever people think is best for them. I'm also just trying to highlight that it's also okay to be a responsible person right now and it's also okay to not put yourself into a hole either financially or you know from a health point of view because this is another aspect that um it's not really addressed. If you do gain, let's say it's not I've heard stories, I've seen a friend of mine told me he was like I gained 8 kilos since March, like in a five weeks something like that that's not bad (laughs) eight kilos in five weeks imagine this thing lasts for another five weeks like in three months you will gain 16 kilos maybe 20 kilos like we're talking he's like what um seven we're talking more than 20 percent uh body weight like imagine if you did gain 20 percent of your body weight that's going to take you a year to lose it a year like it's not going to take 20 weeks because you probably won't be as diligent with uh, your diet when it comes to losing them than it was <laughs> when it came to gaining it like if you get if you go at half a percent of body weight per week that's 40 weeks add in some holidays and stuff that's easily a year like if you're okay with you know being reckless for two months or three months and do something that's maybe going to take you a year to uh, rectify it go right ahead it's your decision i'm just trying to you know also outline the possibility or the option that that's not really necessary it's also okay to not do that
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh yeah i mean i think we can all be on board on that and uh yeah I, i don't think that you came across like a heartless person in this one (laughs) so uh so yeah man um so yeah follow andre on muscle engineer podcast uh, and me on my youtube channel which is uh where you're also gonna see this um so yeah thanks andre for being on